Hello and welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. Today, we have a torque talk with our friend Nick Riker. Nick has been very public about his journey this past year, but we just sit down, we recap the entire thing. We talk about start to finish, what some of his aspirations were leading into the season, how everything really had to shift and change once his life made a dramatic turn, and how he is going to adapt and change his training going forward, and what that's going to look like leading into 2022. So we're going to do a series of these for torque talks with people recapping things and how things went throughout the whole thing the season recaps are tremendously valuable you can take things for your training and your mindset and really figure out how some of these top athletes are approaching things and put that into your own practice so nick is on that journey he had a very interesting season i think you're really going to enjoy this and later on this week we'll be hitting you with a recap of ocr stars workout number two grip gauntlet with our friend dave claxton but today we have nick Riker. Died though, the Riker blood yeah, bloodline. Yeah, and my cousin, he's got a, he's got like a Goldilocks flow, um, motocross. So he has to down by WW motocross in Jacksonville, yeah. right? Right. Yep. What a segue. <laughs> which we will, which we will certainly talk about. So, how long? When did you shave your head? Has it been about a year? A little longer? It's April of twenty twenty. Okay, so it's been so it's been a year and change, over a year and a half. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Mm-hmm. No regrets. Best move. No of your regrets. Life? Yeah, it's really weird when I go back home because I saw my grandparents probably a month ago, and that was the first time I saw them since like Christmas of 2019, because then the pandemic started and we didn't see them, and like all my cousins and uncles and relatives and stuff, and like they never saw me bald. They only knew me with hair. And um, so that was a shock with it. But everybody in Nashville only knows me with being bald because that's all they've ever seen. So double it's double. It's definitely there. jarring when like you see somebody for the first time who's either you know shaved their head or gained or lost a lot of weight or grew their hair long, and it's like been the look that they've had after a couple of years. The first time you see them, it's like I ran into a friend of mine from my hometown on the street here in Philadelphia the other day, and it, I was just like had absolutely no idea who he was and it's a guy who no I like, definitely would know and i was like he was like oh hey and i had to walk up to him like squinting and he had to he had to say who he was, I was like oh of course man i'm sorry <laughs> i just haven't seen you in a long time didn't know you put on 30 pounds and have long hair now <laughs> but that happens do you have hair do you still have the same hairstyle from like high school Nah, I mean, my hair was real, real thick. And like, it, well, I mean, I guess the style would be the same. It didn't change anything. I guess I kind of push it over more now, but it, I've always just like you let thin it thin out. It's just mm-hmm. thinner now. Yeah. So when, back in the day, it was, it was, it was froey, you. big time froey. Um, mm. But we're not here. We are that. here to talk about the. Yeah. And it was, oh man, it was legit high school, high school kid fro. Like I would have, like when I'd run, it'd blow back and just be like this huge, yeah long bouncing flow behind me and I wore a headband in basketball and Mm -hmm. you couldn't see the headband. It was just swallowed by hair. Sick. Those were the days. So we are here. That's that's awesome. And so we're here now to talk about the, the past, the past year of training. So that's something we want to try to kick off this series. Some of the torque people to talk about how their season went and kind of just some context around what they learned over the years and kind of what their goals were and, and where they, where you want to go moving forward. So when I was looking back, I was looking back through the 2019 season. It looked like you had anywhere between like 14 and 15 podiums. This is according to Athlinks, which you've, you've made your profile public last year. Uh, you, you wanted to keep those a secret. Yeah, I had like in Spartan, I had like twelve podiums, and in Savage, I had like another two in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I was including both. I was including the Savage and oh, okay, uh, okay. I was doing the breakdown. I didn't count like the cornball five Ks that you do in your hometown. Those don't count as podiums. <laughs> the Heron just, Fest straightaway just, mile. Did you see that? Yeah, no, that doesn't. I, I don't know if that was on Athlinks. I don't think I saw it. I think I skimmed right over that okay. one. Anything that wasn't Savage, or okay. I was like, no, we're not counting this. So somewhere then, like, yeah, like in that 14 to 15 podium range, you had a couple of U.S. National Series races that you finished top 10 in Seattle. Uh, you kind of got mm-hmm. worked in Jacksonville, and you just made a Absol- tactical yep. mistake in uh, West Virginia. 
was just your your place probably wasn't reflective of your fitness, but you you just went after or it. my effort or my my effort was a top five placing effort. I think you worked harder than probably anybody <laughs> in that race, <laughs> but, but didn't didn't reflect on the on the on the finishing finishing spot. So. You had a pretty good year, right? And it was coming out. You got named to the pro team. That uh-huh. was definitely a goal. It was a goal of both of ours at that time was to like, all right, like felt a little gypped in 2018 going into 19, into 19 to 20. You're on the pro team. You have a couple of, of, of good re- results leading into some regional races, had some good results in some national series races. So going into mm-hmm. 2020, maybe like let's back up almost about a year to, na- to now because I'm guessing you were probably kind mm-hmm. of in some downtime space then so yeah. what were some mm-hmm. of your goals that you had when you were reflecting upon 2019 leading into to, to 2021 because 2020 was a wash right so leading into 2021 yeah. what were some of the goals that you had starting the year yeah 2021 goals coming off of the one race in 2020 it was definitely top five in the u.s national series um that was it because i knew you only had to be three out of your five and with Asheville, jacksonville and west virginia I thought those were like my courses to, to try to get top five. There's never was a year. Uh, so that was a goal. Mess around with some stadium races, but mostly try to get top five in the U.S. National Series. So were you going to do uh, – yeah, you mentioned those three races because you did only need to have the three to score. And those are three ones like East Coast races, kind of like nasty terrain, more up your alley kind of races. Mm-hmm. And, and then the stadium stuff, was that something you were just going to kind of dabble in? And did, like, were you planning on doing Deca fits in the beginning of the year? Or were you just kind of waiting to see how that schedule was like shaking out? I was waiting to see what Deca fit was trying to do. Cause that was, you know, we've talked about, we didn't know if it was actually going to become a thing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of just, if I, if it was going to be something, didn't mess with it. But yeah, the stadium was more cause like, I love them. I love going to the stadiums. I love, just the easy travel like you can get a hotel just down the street from them and then you just walk you just walk to the um you just walk to the venue so yeah i, I want to do stadiums as well because they're fun um and i'm pretty good at them and you're a big baseball guy do you like do you prefer the baseball stadiums over the football stadiums because they have what cowboys is where the arizona and, one is that the is that the baseball it, or football? yeah the cardinals cardinals is the football um I mean, I've only done the Cowboys. I wish they would do more football. I feel like that would be, I don't know, you, it would probably be over three miles, but there's more space to run, I feel like. Um, and most of those places are turf, so you can actually run on the field. Oh, In baseball, yeah. you just have to be stuck on the warning track, which is fine. It's cool to go to, like, to the clubhouse and, the, and like up the staircases. and yeah, I mean, it's all fun. Like All stadiums are fun. I wish... I wonder why they can't get more football stadiums. I wonder because you figure baseball stadiums, football stadiums are not a great investment, really. I mean, every I think every football team does have a stadium now, but really they have like eight games a year, right? And like maybe yeah. a couple concerts when the weather's nice. So like you, f- uh, you think there would be space and time to get us into some football stadiums? Yeah, and the Bears don't even own their stadium, so that's an old stadium, know, right? That- Sol- Soldier Field, isn't that like a I don't think it's too old. I just know they don't own it. The city owns it. It looks bad. Park. That's a terrible looking field from the outside. No way. Horrible no looking. way. I saw it. I was like, ugh. No way. What, 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 no what, way. what butt team plays there? It's like, oh, the Bears. Yes, of course. Um, so no the sta- stadiums were something that you were thinking about doing, uh, just popping into here and there. And then, so Jacksonville is pretty early in the season, right? So around this time last year, kind of gearing up for it. And then leading into it, I remember we were talking and you're thinking, uh, okay, like top five is probably going to be on like within play at, at that stadium. And based on like, oh, yeah. who was all going and how you felt you were, you were feeling at the time and you're there finishing 11th. So yeah. going, going into that rate. And I remember watching the actual live stream of it or whatever they were calling it at the time. Um, and you just kind of look gassed like pretty early on in that race. And, and you were talking about going like you weren't feeling great going into, which we'll talk about just like a little bit. And then, but like, how are you feeling about that race? And, you know, just in general after like going into it and then coming out of it. Oh my gosh. Going into it. Cause that's when I was like, rich, like I've always programmed for myself. I was like, rich, I can, can you just program for me for the next eight to 10 weeks? Um, 
you know, a lot more, uh, you know, just, just a different mindset, you know, just some different workouts. Cause I've, I've kind of been stuck in like a two or three years kind of just doing my own thing. So I was like, if I want to like make top five, let's see if I can fit another training style. So like we bumped up the mileage. We were consistent. I mean, all throughout December and January, I, so those are probably the biggest mile, the most miles I've ran ever ran in a month those two months and they were in the quality workouts at the progression runs and the intervals like i just was like oh my gosh like i am this is like i moved down to nashville to like to train this way to go to jacksonville like this is going to be the race where i am like the fittest i've ever been like in a in like a 30 minute like span like a 30 minute race this is the fittest i've ever been um and then like that a little then my sickness sort of showing symptoms and I was like it's whatever it's still like I'll have adrenaline I'll go to the race and I'll feel and I'm, and I'm gonna do fine and I still race okay considering you know what was going through my body I <laughs> totally. raced pretty like I was I hung in there like in the top eight top seven like with a pack of four other people and you know just like a lot of people I had a chance at the tire to to do yeah. something awesome and I just didn't um, and I got 11th and I walked away from that race, just feeling really, I was defeated because I knew how much work I put in and I was scared because I didn't know what was happening to my body. And then I was just, um, and then I was glad that I could put up that kind of effort, um, against a lot of good people just two years prior to that. I don't think I could have been in the, in a, in a baseball, like in a football field, like distance from them. So it was a lot of mixed emotions coming out of that race um you i wish i could have got top five or even a top 10 finish that would have been awesome but uh considering what we know now like getting 11th place out of that is like okay uh i'm, I'm gonna be just fine so the so after that it was when you started to really feel sick losing a bunch of weight got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and we don't even spend a ton of, t- ton of time on that i mean you've documented yeah. it here and on the running public you've been pretty public about uh, the things you've kind of been going through uh, via social media and everything and the whole, the whole comeback that you've made, which we'll cover, but the timing of it was just insane. <laughs> like it was like the week of the race kind of, wasn't it? It was two weeks before the race. We had a big snow. I'll never forget. We had a huge ice and snowstorm in Nashville where the whole week, like it was kind of hard to go anywhere, but I was still running outside. Like, I was wearing my trail shoes on the road because that's how like it was just snowy outside. And it was just two weeks before is where I was just like, man, I can barely run. And then a week before I was just doing some sharpening intervals. And I was like, I can't even run like a sub six minute mile pace going like just a, like a quick sharpening session, like a five by two minutes. Like that's like what I like to do before a race. I like, couldn't even go sub six. And I was like, Oh man. We're going to be in a dog fight, but it's just a weird time. It's just a weird timing. And was it, do you remember like the, so like, do you remember the day where it started to feel bad? Like when you look back and reflect day on Day after it, Valentine's Day. Really? The 15th? Day after, I worked, yes, I worked, I remember I worked all day on Valentine's Day. Um, don't have a significant other, so no big deal. Uh, and then I, the day after that is when I, started showing the symptoms for the first time going to the bathroom like 10 times a day um and at that point like i thought i get it because i had like this the at the the place where i worked there's a bar right across the street and they have like really good chicken and cheese quesadillas so i got one for lunch but it wasn't like that something was off about it so that's what i kept thinking the next few days like i got some kind of like bug from the, the food, food. Like, maybe some undercooked yeah. chicken. yeah food poisoning that's what i i mean that's what you think when you're Definitely. a healthy person and you start showing a little symptom like, yeah, it's like, Oh, it's a bug. It's some virus. It's food poisoning. It's something. But, uh, yeah, I'll never get the day after Valentine's day. It's when everything's just changed. And you would think, do, does it like in your research, cause I know you've kind of become a student of this. Is that something that happens? Like, does it just come on like that? Or do you look back, and be like, oh, maybe I felt a little funny this, this like past like two months or something like that. I try to look back because like I'm on these I'm on these Facebook groups for people ulcerative colitis, and I've done a lot of research. 
watch people's stories on YouTube and they're like, yeah, I had issues for like months and years or my stomach just never felt right. And I, like I'm a runner. So, you know, like before runs or during runs, like your stomach gets upset. And there was a time, like when I was 21, for like a whole month, I had really bad digestive issues, but then it went away. So you think back to those things, like with those signs at all. Um, but there was nothing like what it, the day after Valentine's Day, like those signs were just like red lights flashing, like alarms, and everything else was just like normal, normal behavior. I felt like. Do you think it was just like the signals, like those alarms you're talking about, was just that there was like slight things that you just were able to kind of deal with, and then at a certain point, your body was like, "All right, we got to make this dude realize that he, like something's wrong here, so let's just like I turn it off." I guess so. Like it's so hard to think that because, like, like I said, I, I was in 2019. I, like I said, I got 14 OCR podiums, like legit in the best shape of my life. 2020, the pandemic happened. I raced kind of with some small races and like no issues, just fine. Like I was in the, those two years span, I was like in the best shape overall that I, I ever thought I could be in. So it's just it's a weird disease. It's a weird disease that happens to healthy people, to sick people, to, um, to everybody. And it, like, it's just like, I see people walk around that don't work out or live an active lifestyle and they have nothing wrong with them. And it's like, this is just so unfair, <laughs> um, so unfair. Like, but that's just, it's how, it, it's how it goes. And you got, you just got to fight through it. So that's, it's just how life is. It's yeah. not, like I say, it's just not fair sometimes, but what are you going to do? That's something that uh, pff, the all closest I can come to relating to that is whenever I get like injured, like running or something, and I see someone out running, uh-huh. I'm like, why are you running? How come you get to do this? Not me. But yeah. you, get, you get to think about this all the time <laughs> for, uh, for everybody, which is yeah. a bummer. <laughs> and you don't know what everybody's going through, but like True. if you see somebody, you see somebody walking, you're like, they're, they they have the health they have a healthy intestine. It's right. <laughs> got good intestines, I bet. Damn it. Yeah, um, yeah we don't got to spend a ton of time on this. Like I said, it, but yeah. it's it, it, in that moment, it must have just been. I know it was hard to see what was going on because you were sick for a long time and it wasn't diagnosed immediately, and it was kind of going through all of these different things. And after Jacksonville, did did you feel? was there space for you to think about what the rest of the season was going to look like or were, was the, the, the process of trying to figure out what was going on with your health? Was that clouding everything more or were you still, or what was your mindset like as far as who you were as an athlete and what the rest of the season was going to look like? Yeah. I thought like, I thought I was just going to get better too. Like after Jacksonville, like, um, I saw my PCP and they thought it was like some parasite and I took medicine. I was like, okay, I'm going to get better soon. Um, so I still bought a flight to go down to DECA in Dallas, which was like in early March. I still mm-hmm. like wrote out my racing schedule and I even posted it online. And three days later after that, I ended up in the ER. Um, so like, I still had this positive out, like outlook. I'm going to be better soon. So let's go ahead and plan out the rest of my season and um, try to train through this. Cause I was still running when I was just sick. Um, so I, it was still like, I, I don't know what's going on with me, which was scary, but like I said, I've never had a reason why to think like I wasn't going to be healthy like soon again. Like I've never had an issue ever. Like, right. And ever. it's so like, yeah. And you had to continue to plug that way because we didn't know where you're, where you're ahead of. Right. So it's like, well, if I feel better, I'd want to get a DECA under my belt and there's going to be Asheville coming up or something like that. So I got to be like ready. And there was probably some other regional races that you had on, on, on the calendar. Um, so when, when that, that kind of started to slip away at some point and do you remember when like it may have changed between, okay, I'm going to get better and I'm I'm going to continue to race and, and then kind of now, when you got sick and now what your mindset was at least a couple months ago when we were talking like, I was like, I just got to take it week by week, month by month. 
Do you remember when that switch happened during the year? Was there a point where you had to kind of recalibrate what the goals were going to be for the year? Yeah, definitely. Like after I got the diagnosis and things, and I like I lost all my weight like in April, May. It was just like I don't think I'm going to race the rest of the year. So let's study as much as possible to get the health of priority. Um, mm. Like study study this disease, reach out to people that have like got into remission over it. Um, yeah. I mean, that was like in, like even in June, I, in June, I did DecaFit. Like even in June, it was still like, I don't know if I, what's going to happen. So like, I was just, I was just trying to figure out my, what's going on, my sickness and just study as much as possible. So um, I guess like in that March, April, May, it was all like, running and racing do not matter at all at all um it's trying to get healthy so i can do my job so i can get a paycheck because like, i can even go to work hardly um, <laughs> that was the biggest issue yeah and so when you started to kind of figure it out i mean you tried some different medications and some different dietary changes and things started to kind of like progress started to put some weight back on and, and it seemed like things were kind of coming back around and then you're you were kind of like I'm thinking about doing DecaFit in Jacksonville, but I don't really want to say anything, yeah. but, but I might go. <laughs> do you, uh-huh. do you, what was it like? What made you decide to do that? Because it was from February, from March, April, May, just thinking I might not even be able to go to work, let alone race and travel to then in June being like, all right, like, let me, let me pop down to, to Florida and try out this, this race that I really don't know uh-huh. anything about. What, what, what made you, what was the turning point there? The turning point, like it happened out of nowhere. Like I told you, like I remember talking to you, like you, you helped me throughout all this, just being somebody I can talk to. Um, and it's just like, like in May, like out of nowhere, I gained like 10 pounds back, like in a day. And then the, the following week, I gained like almost all my weight back. That's insane. Um, and I was so, but I was still so, like, so out of shape. I remember trying to do a hill workout and I was just like, I, I, I was like, I was breathing like I was at like a 10,000 feet. Um, trying to do a hill workout. I was, I've never like just that feel like that chest pain, but like it's when I, I say this way, it's when I went down to the Hildervat and I rabbited for operating me. I didn't know I was going to be rabbiting. I thought I was just going to be standing at a station, holding up my camera and um, doing a live stream. And then when I was like, Oh shoot, nobody's catching these people run down the stand and back. Uh, like where a race actually happens. I, let me do it. I can do it a couple of times. And I ended up doing like a 32 by 400 meter workout <laughs> at like 520 pace in the sand. And I was like, that's when it hit me. I was like, I can come back and race this year. Um, I mean, that's a pretty solid effort I had in two days where I put like 30 miles on my legs and of just walking, stepping, rabbiting, like, that's that's what the turning point was. So Hildervat in late May is, was like, okay, I think I can do this. I do this this year. I remember that. I remember that you were doing what I was watching it and doing the commentary and like, oh, they're running like five thirties. It's like, damn, Nick's running like five thirties right now. It's like good for him. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. doing okay. So I get a run for like fifteen weeks, and I go out and do a five running four hundred at five thirty. It was awesome. And then you did Jacksonville. And you won. You did the Jacksonville Jackson Deca Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was something, again, not a ton of training leading up to it. Not uh, a, no experience doing that race. In particular, you had done a Deca Strong in the past, I believe, but never yeah. like a mile or, or didn't any type of Deca Fit. So coming out and winning, uh, you know, beating a couple of good athletes who were there, but basically kind of running by yourself for the most part mm-hmm. and putting up a pretty decent time. I think that was what top, definitely top 10 time at the time. I think it was sixth fastest. Yeah. And- if we want to count all the times in Dallas, um, it would be like, it's like seventh after all those. Yeah. After all, all the short course times. And yeah. so how are you feeling after that? I felt amazing. I never felt like more privileged to be a runner or a racer in my life. Like it was awesome. Um, like I did that DECA. I was like, I think I'm going to do this because High Rock, Chicago, Fayetteville, and like another stadium race is going on. I was like, I think if I can get an easy win, this is going to be not an easy one, but if I can win this, um, maybe cherry pick a little bit, it's going to be just like 
a big, you know, like it's always good to get a win. Um, just give yourself a lot of motivation, a lot of confidence. So I just, that's what I was still missing. I was still just missing like, cause I feel like I walk around races with just like a, like a lot of confidence. Like I walk up, I always walk up to the story. Like, like this is why I'm here. Like this is what I do. And like, I didn't have that still. So to do that, to race that and to win big, um, I, like everybody just needs that every now and then, just like a big win and win by a lot. So um, definitely gave me a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger back. It just felt good. And I mean, that's like best of both worlds, right? It was like, would have been enough just to race and finish and just know that you can go to a race, do the normal thing, complete the race without having any like, uh, like your stomach issues popping up and, and just like, yeah. figuring yeah. out. I didn't, how... know if I, I didn't know if I could finish that race without a stomach issue because up right. to that point, I never did a run like longer than 30 minutes that I didn't have to stop and use the bathroom like every five or 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, I just kind of winged it. <laughs> yeah. like, maybe my body will know it'll hook me up and be like, all right, we'll just wait. Yeah, till I, after like, maybe the race. I always uh, the adrenaline will take over hopefully. And so mm-hmm. coming out of that, the next race you had was Asheville, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was a U.S. National Series race. That was something that was probably mm-hmm. on, uh, originally uh, one you had circled on your calendar, but then after, you know, several months. And Asheville, was that late June or was that early July? That was late July. Late July. I think it was the last weekend of July, yeah. Oh, was it? Okay, so that was – so you had about a month and change after after DecaFit. DecaFit, yeah. To, to kind of prepare and see how, how it's feeling. When you were uh, preparing for Asheville – was there any type of expectation on that or what were you thinking? No, no, there was no expectation. I was doing a, a ton of trail work and a ton of like in Nashville, there's the mail, the main trail systems out there. There's two of them. And it's, it's kind of like an Asheville course where it's just rolling and it has sharp hills. And I was getting fit on those, but it's just the people in the sport is you can't just be pretty fit. You have to be uh, like, like a top 1% in the country in like your running fitness. So I, and I knew I was nowhere near there, but like, I felt like my sharp uphill running was as good as it ever been. So, but there was still was no expectation. Like, like I remember talking to you, I was like, I'm going to lose the people that I never lost to the day of my life. Um, and I was okay with that. It was just like getting back out there, showing people that I could still race. Um, and I wasn't afraid to go to like, to a U.S. national series race. What was, how did it feel in comparison to Jacksonville in terms of like your, your mindset and just approach? Did it feel better? Did, was it worse? Did, does it, did it, it even compare? It doesn't compare, but Asheville, I had just so much peace. Um, Jacksonville, I was just stressed out of my mind. <laughs> I was so nervous that I wasn't going to perform. Um, so I was like, I put so much time in this. I changed my whole life. And this is the first big race, like, like my kind of style of race, like I have to do well. I was so stressed out. And then Asheville came is like, this, this is cool. Do this again and race and have fun and see people that I love. And so, yeah, it was, a, they can't compare, but I had a lot more fun in Asheville than I did Jacksonville, even though I competed better in Jacksonville than Asheville. But the outcome wasn't that much different. You know? No, I mean, 13th in Asheville. Yeah, eleventh in Jacksonville, and like Atkins yeah. wasn't at Jacksonville. Maybe Jack- I don't know exactly uh-huh. who was all at Jacksonville that wasn't at Asheville, but it was a lot of the same people. I think, yeah, for sure. And so, like the the two approaches was interesting, right? Like that, like the, the the putting the pressure on yourself and then just kind of feeling at ease, but then the outcomes end up being nearly the same. That's mm-hmm. it's interesting that it kind of played out like that because and, and then. After this, so now are you feeling like, okay, great. Like I can now feel confident that I can do the races that I want to do. Or where's your head at then? I felt confident. Yeah. Like I, I can race and my stomach's not going to be an issue. Um, that was always the biggest point. Cause like in training every day I trained, my stomach was just like, I couldn't just, my runs would be 40 minutes and my last time would be like, 70 minutes almost it seems like so um but like i knew like those two races i did and like the adrenaline takes over and i'm good to go like 
that's why I'm like, okay, I can race, don't know what level I can race at, but I can always fit, though I can do a race and finish it without um, any stomach issues. Because how long did that one take you? About an hour? Yeah. I think my race time was like 55 minutes. Yeah. So that's good. Coming from a DECA, which is for mid thirties, low thirties, and then jumping up to almost doubling that has to give some confidence, right? It's like, okay, cool. This seems Mm -hmm. okay. And then the, the next race after that wasn't until September, right? You didn't do anything August. No, didn't do anything August. Just August was all about training, 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 get back to some kind of normalcy, like some kind of consistency again. Did you find and that? Then, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I found that. I felt, you know, like I've always been like a mid 40 mile a week kind of guy, sometimes touch 50, but um, I had to, I had to completely change my training style to where I was, uh, it's almost embarrassing to say, like I was a 25 to 30 mile a week runner. Um, and people who are not runners will think, wow, that's a lot. But people who are runners, like that's like, it's, it's big beginner numbers. It's like three hours a week of running, you right. know, it's not a lot. Um, but in those three hours, like two and a quarter or like, I was like, okay, if I can't run a lot, I'm going to do what everybody says you shouldn't do in training, which is just a lot more quality and a lot less easy days. Cause I felt like that's what I had to do to compete. Like, cause the next race is sort of stadium, Deca, and then just Spartan Sprint. So right. I thought if I can just do a lot of quality that can transfer over and then race myself into shape again, which kind of worked. Yeah. Kind of did. What, um, were you, were you uh, supplementing the quality with cross training or were you spending other time or was it just whatever your really stomach could handle and what your body could kind of take and like kind of almost starting at scratch, right? Cause it's like the body that you had and now the body that you have, like it's different you got to kind of maybe build yeah. up to that or how did you kind of approach the, the supplement work that you were doing yeah um definitely knew i was gonna have to cross train a lot on the bike so i got swift um i got a train and i got a trainer and i hooked my bike up on it and did probably another two hours of cycling a week and then maybe like a deca style circuit at the gym once a week and i wouldn't count that circuit even though i would do runs in it into like my weekly mileage okay um because i'm just inside i'm inside of my gym and i'm I'm going up and down like i would do i say the assault bike for 25 pounds and do a 400 yard run back and forth um and like i just wouldn't count that into because it's just i don't know it's hard to know yeah yeah it's hard to know um so i wouldn't count that into it so i might have been another three to four miles of running that way um Yeah. It's weird because like you said, like you have this different body, but now I've got to the point where you looked at me in like August and you looked at me in February and like January, I gotta look exactly the same. Externally it looks the same. Yeah. It's just completely different. Internally is not the same. No. Not the same. Weird. (laughs) Uh so okay, so you're spending time, you're just like so at this point it kind of seems like you're figuring out the best way to train, right? It's like what can I do? Maybe being conservative because uh just of the the time and the space that it, that you are training in and, and like figuring out like logistics, I know have been something that you really have to concern yourself with a lot more than what you might have had in the past. And yeah. so I'm sure that plays into it as well. It's like, well, I have an hour and a half to work out, but 30 of those other minutes are spent not running, just like figuring out where I'm at, like getting ready, preparing. Yeah. Um, so like that find a, find a porta potty. <laughs> just scouting, working, developing an app to know where all the porta potties are nationwide for runners, giving them a ranking system. Would you rank them? Would you get, would it be stars or would it be like, like five stars, like five toilet papers or five, like porta John things? Like how could you, what would be the, icon? I would do stars. Still stars, do stars classic. And number one is, you know, I don't really care if the place, if the, if the porta potty is like that dirty or smells. Like, I, I don't care that much. Like, number one is toilet paper. You gotta TP. have toilet paper. Need it. Need TP. Like, if you get, if you have enough TP, like, that's automatically like at least a three star porta potty. And then it goes, if, if there's a hand sanitizer in there and it has hand sanitizer, that's another star. And then the cleanness. That were, that that finished the rest of it out. 
Do you always check like when it was serviced last? You know how to have it written in there? I do. I do always check. Gotta check. Um, I remember I, I went into a Florida potty once and it was like, unless they just didn't like market, but it was like three months of no service and it looked like three months of no service. No, you got to just like get rid of that. Then. Like I think yeah. weekly is almost not enough, but I think that that's probably as much as they could do. And that, mm-hmm. that can be hit or miss if it's weekly. So maybe that's where the a weekly is a four star. If it's like every three or four days, five star. Oh, five star. Yeah. Easily, easily. Uh-huh. So this time you spent uh, figuring out like the training regiment, but then it did bring you into nationals parks. So we're getting into the stadium stuff. You did mm-hmm. you get ahead had about five or six weeks or so. We'd probably say leading into the stadium and then the, yeah. you're kind of back on the short end of things and leading into nationals park where is your mindset comparatively between Jacksonville and Asheville when going into a race like that? Now that you've had a little bit more time to prepare, like where Asheville was all gravy, right? It's like, sweet. I'm racing yeah. wherever I get awesome. I just want to be here and, and, and finish. And then Jacksonville is like really weighty. It's like, wow. It's like, man, I, I, I feel like I should get top five and like the nerves kind of, and then like there's disappointment associated with it. So when you went into nationals park, then, what, where were you between those two? I was definitely still more on the Asheville side, where it's like, I'm so happy I get to race. Um, I get to see Mark Falcone. I get to see Logan. I get to see Killian, like my friends. Like, um, like that's why I love the sport. Like, I get to see my friends, but it was still, then it was just like, okay, I'm in shape again. Um, and the competitiveness really is what, you know, I, Asheville, I wasn't, I didn't feel any competitive spirit in me at all. Um, when I got to Washington, D.C., it was like, okay, I'm here to win and to show everybody, like, I am fit. I am fast. Like, that's all I care about is, like, I want to win. I got blessed. I get to come out here and race and see my friends. But it was all about going there and winning. That's when the my – so it was, like, the best of, like, Jacksonville. I went there to win, but I was nervous. And then Asheville, I didn't go there to care about my placing, but I had so much fun. So now I finally got, like, those two – two of the best aspects I put them together finally in like these last few races of the year. What was that like compared to 2019, like in, in previous years? It was about the same in 2019 because 2019, it was, you know, like I was just getting my name out there. It was a lot of fun traveling um, to places I've ever been before. You know, I had a, like, I didn't rely on racing as for money. So like, it was just, this is, it was fun. And it was something I took seriously. So like with my training, so it, it came back to that. Um, well, I was having fun, but like I take it very seriously, like with my training and my lifestyle. Like, but still, just going to places I've never been. Um, it, it brought it back to 2019, definitely, and that's when I had probably my best year ever. And in the race at Nationals Park, the outcome was like pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, I beat. Barely beat Logan Broadbent after he did 30 burpees. But, um, <laughs> which is, missed, which beat, is two missed obstacles in a 20-some minute which race. Is, yeah. Which is crazy. Which is just, he is a freak. But to beat <laughs> Logan, um, I still had to nail my obstacles. Like, it's, it's an obstacle course an obstacle race, race for a reason. To, yeah. to beat Logan, to beat, you know, Mark Valcone, um, the Honey Badger. Um, Barrett Lahardy um, was there. He got fourth, I think. Yeah. Who's, who's solid. Yeah, Barrett Harley, Jack Bauer. And then, you know, the... Kaling was there, a two-time world champion, to lose to a two-time world champion. I, like, and he got to sleep in his own bed for a hometown race. Like, that was an awesome outcome. Like, that was awesome. Um, you know, I wish I could have won that race, but I don't think I was in fit. Definitely wasn't fit enough to win, but to beat somebody like Logan, like, that's, that's I mean, that gives you a lot of momentum. It gives you a lot of confidence. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you can't just like Logan was fourth at U S national series this year. He was third at the 15 K at, uh, um, world at Stratton at OCR yeah. worlds, right? Like he's, we think he's going to run Abu Dhabi. Like he's one of the best out there right now. And yeah, it's an obstacle course race. He definitely did miss two obstacles and almost ran you down, but he didn't. But he did he it. Him. He definitely he did didn't. It. He yeah. definitely didn't. Uh, so that must've felt great. Right. Like, and then, having that feeling of what it was like in 2019 where it's more appreciation and joy to like travel and race where at Ash, where in Jacksonville, that just didn't seem to 
that that mindset didn't seem to suit you well, where it was overly pressure, a lot of, a lot of weight put on the outcome as opposed to the process of racing. And I think that's what you like most about this sport is like that it's fun (laughs) and you can just go out and and have fun. Yeah. And like, I don't know why I thought that in Jacksonville. It's just like when you, when I moved from home, like, sorry, like I lived with my parents my whole life. And then when you move away and kind of like, put it all on you and you bet on yourself. It's, it's scary. Like, I'm sure you've been there. Like you bet on, like you went full time to coaching. Like you got to bet on yourself. Um, and there's a lot of pressure comes out, but then you have to realize like, it's, you're the only one putting pressure on yourself. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody else is putting that pressure on you. So it's, it just takes, sometimes you just, you got to go through some trials and some hard shit to realize like what, why you do things the way you do it. And it's interesting that the hard, the hard stuff that you had to go through was something outside of racing where it was uh, like a health crisis more or less to kind of put you back in that perspective, right? Because if that, say you're healthy, you still don't flip the tire, you get ninth instead of 11th or something. Right. And then you're still like, Oh, like then the outcome weighs on you even more. You probably would have had that same type of mindset for a lot of years. Right. And it would probably have been a miserable year if that's how you approached every single race. You probably would have not had very much fun in any of these races. No, I probably would have been thinking like, this is not for me. Like I'm going to move back to Illinois. (laughs) This is not for me anymore. I'm going to run that, that mile race every year and take it down, be a legend in Southern Illinois. Beat the local high school kids. That's all I should have just, just go back doing that. But it's easy to get wrapped up in in outcomes, especially when you're like now that there is some notoriety, people know who you are again on the pro team and this and that part of Torek, not that that matters anything, but it's like something. Oh, it matters. Uh, it matters. And then, but it's just like trying, it's hard to, I've found in my personal, it's hard for me to perform well when I'm really wrapped up in what I think the result is going to say about me as an athlete and as a person. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, yeah, it's, it's less fun. Don't perform as well. And it's, it's hard to get out of that mindset though. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not cool that you had this shift in perspective, how yeah. it happened, but at least you did have the chance to, to remove yourself from it. Yeah. That's why I find people like Ryan Atkins so impressive. Like, this is his money. Like he doesn't have guaranteed contracts, like mm-hmm. like a NFL football player. Like this is his money, and he's just always able to perform. Like that is, and like VJ Jones, like this is his money. Um, that's just really impressive. Like how like their minds work, and you know if they even do have a bad race, how they're able just to shake it off um, mm-hmm. and not put their whole worth in it. Like it's it's very impressive to see. Right. Especially when it is legitimately their worth, <laughs> when it's like financially their yeah. worth to not associate it as much and still be able to enjoy the the process and enjoy the racing, enjoy the training. Because, uh, yeah, I, I could like I've heard, I think, Bracken and Kent kind of talk about this, where it's when the money starts to be the reason you're racing, it just takes a lot of the enjoyment out of it. I'm sure it's, it's not very fun. So after nationals park was the back-to-back weekend deck of fit and then yeah. you did a midwest you did a an epic the double Midwest sprint. yeah yeah that was awesome so you flew, to, awesome. you flew to philly you stayed with me you met carl he misses you sometimes or probably not but if he saw you he'd be excited if he saw you carl he was worried about me when i was sleeping he was he was he's a good dog he screwed up our sleep because he wanted to come out and check on you to make sure you were good out here yeah I mean, you can't ask for much more than a dog to make sure he's okay, to make sure people are okay. He's just looking out. He just wants to make sure everything, everything's good to go. So we did the DECA, and in that race, how were you feeling in that race? You seemed calm. You seemed like it was fun. You seemed like it, not, mm-hmm. not like a ton was wrapped up in, in that race, really. Um, yeah, I was just – I was really looking forward to battling with you and – hopefully running a faster time than I did last time. And I didn't, but we'll just say turf. We'll say it's the um, turf. Turf um, and other mess ups. But it was just, that was like the first time like you brought you back to like a high, high school track or college track. It's like, okay, 
this guy and I are going to go back and forth and hopefully we run a really fast time. And yeah. Um, Cause you don't get that OCR anymore. Like, I don't know if that 20, if that 30 minute sprint was a good time or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's nothing compares to. So yeah, I, I, that's what I love about OCR. You don't have to compare times. It's less pressure, but it's always cool to like, just know how fit you are like with those times. And um, yeah, like I said, brought it back to like a high school track where I want to, I want to beat my last mile time or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like that. It's nice to have a benchmark there for, for that. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to figure out the stations and just see what, where to go and how to, how to hammer, get some feedback, work on the ski erg. So now, you know, got to, got to keep, keep working on, on the gym, try to get them to get that ski erg. Mm-hmm. We're like all about profit and loss. And it's just, my boss is like, how does getting a ski erg make us more money? And I go, I'm not for sure but I know it would make me more money, <laughs> which and then I'll, a better employee, which would make me a happier employee, which I'll do my job better. I got to start sitting like that. I think that's fair. It's also a pretty good piece of equipment for people who are like injured in their lower body and people who might be like really overweight, who might not be able to sit on a rower or a bike or something like that. It could open up more, more access to more people, more inclusive, the skier. Good. It's just our freaking members are so rough on every machine like we have six assault bikes now we only have four two have broken the last month what? of people just being dumb on them well how do they do that um, how do they break an assault bike the handles just fell off huh. like gone like broke off snap what and then like they'll break the chain and, like one of the rowers they broke the chain on it um because our coach like it's an adult it's a group fitness class and like, I don't know that much with our trainers. I do know how to row better than anybody though. And they don't teach them how to do form or anything. And it's all about like calories. And it's like, row hard, row hard. And I'm like, right. Coach like rowing a hundred strokes a minute. is not better than 25 strokes a minute. Like, and they only care about the calorie count. It's just, you know, it's, it's a high intensity class. Like right. we, you've talked about it on podcasts, like everybody goes in there for it because it's their A day. You right. know, every day is, every day is A day. So, well, that's keep, work, keep working on it. But after Decafit, you went into a midway, like the mid, you flew from Philadelphia back to where did you fly to? Back to Nashville. Back to Nashville. Nashville. Then you drove up, got in like 8 p.m., drove up to Terre Haute, Indiana. Um, shout out Indian, Indiana State. Yep. And, I've been there. Uh, the, what, that's Bird, Bird uh, right? Bird was. Yeah. Yeah. Bird, and I, yep. I ran cross country pre Nats there, not Nashville, but I pre-nats, did the pre Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they're hour ahead. So I lost an hour, got to my hotel at one, had to take a shower because I still haven't showered after deck of fit. Um, so I get to sleep around one thirty. and Terre Haute is still like 70 minutes away from the race venue. Um, so I had to get up at like four thirty and drive the rest of the way up. And it felt like I was just hung over that. Like being your that sleep tired. was probably terrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I've, and I've not slept before races before because, like, you get nervous. But it was the traveling and already racing. And, like, and, I, and I, I passed out as soon as I got in my bed. And only to get, like, three hours of sleep. It, it was almost better if I didn't sleep, I feel like, because I wouldn't have felt, like, froggy almost. Mm-hmm. Because I probably got, like, just into, like, my deep sleep and then my alarm went off. But then you got up and you won, right? <laughs> No, I got second. Oh, you got second. Who beat you there? Uh, Jacob Clinkler. One of the Clinkers, yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's had a good year. Oh, yeah. He's, he lives out. I'm in Denver right now. He lives out here in Boulder. And um, he's just been consistent all year. Yeah. And that was a fun race. We literally, I led and I did like every surge, every move, everything I could have done to break him. And he didn't break. And on the last, like there's like this, it's a sand course, like. 95% of that quarter is like on sand. That's so strange. Um, I remember hearing that and being like, why, how could there be sand? I don't even. Because is that a, is that an ATV park? Um, like a motocross or, you know, four cart park. I don't know. ATV yeah, yeah, yeah. park. Um, a side-by-side park. Yeah. So like, it's just a bunch of sand and there was a sand hill, like sharp. 
and right over is the spear throw in the finish, and I just oh, oh, sorry, I, I he just Carl, and he just cracked me on it, and but that that was a fun race. Like you love races where you just go back and forth with people. It's always cool to win big, but sometimes getting second in a back to back fourth fourth race is just what you need to like a little more motivation. But that's fun. Like that's how you get in better shape. Hold on, this dog, Carl. Um, so then you, yeah, getting those competitive juices going back to back races where you're, you're in it going back and forth and then you finished up what Nashville and Atlanta. So a couple more regional races. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hometown race in Nashville. A couple more podiums. Yeah. yeah. That's the first time I got to sleep in my own bed and do a race and it was awesome. And, um, that, and it's just like, cause like when I got sick early in the year, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to race the rest of the year, but if I can make it a national Spartan race and like finish, that's going to be an awesome goal. And to come away with two victories. Um, I mean, Jason West is there, but nobody really else. Uh, but he's a good competitor and to beat him twice, you know, it's, it's good. It's, it felt good to win in my own hometown, not hometown, but my, where I live area. Current um, so it felt, felt, yeah, felt really good. And then Atlanta you took two seconds. Uh, yeah. So, so a bunch of podiums throughout the year. So, so how many podiums did you end up with then with, with everything? Yeah. So one, six, two, six Spartans and two Decas. So eight total. Yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah. Only well, been paid for one of them too. Is that true? Yeah. Well, wait, they're not, did you hear they're not going to pay uh, for regional races next year? I heard he said that with Tara, but who said that? I've heard it from a couple different people and it is just a, it's such a rumor that I'm just like spreading around now. I was like, yeah, I don't think anybody from Spartan has said that. Not officially, but they don't say anything. I know, but I don't like, I don't think they can do that. I don't think they will do that. I don't think you can do that. You can definitely do that. Why would they do that? I don't think they will do that. Why not? You just hope. Do you you not think they're going to do that or do you hope they don't do that? I both. (laughs) Um, Both. But like, why would they they've done it for a decade why would they just stop now because they shouldn't have been doing it for a decade and now they're running out of money <laughs> and they need to conserve their money you think they give out what if they do a race weekend that's what four thousand in prize money if, is that right did i do that math right uh thousand? probably if they give out even if they just yeah something like that probably at the most and i know they have multiple weekends but like the amount of money they get every race, like a five thousand people show up to a race venue and they're all paying an average like a hundred and fifty. Yeah, it's not all profit, come Nick. On. It's not just come all on. like right in their pocket. They have employees. I know, but come on. I know, but come on. It's Listen. not those price money is not a ton. It's not like they're giving out like savage, like a thousand dollar prize winning. They are because they're doing Saturday Sundays. And uh Yeah, but I think it's fine. I think that we've been spoiled. I think that we've, we like shouldn't have been making this much money for regional races. And now the, the elite, if you look at the elite results in the past couple of races, there's like 10 people in these races. I know. In that Midwest, I, think they should just, I think they should do Savage. I have Savage does and have all the age groupers and elite. Everybody just goes at the same time. Yeah, probably. That's what they used to do in, in Spartan. Yeah, that's what they should do. But the, it is embarrassing going to an elite wave and there's only like eight other people. I think men and women should go at the same time. I don't necessarily think the age groupers need to be in with the elites because if we start like that, like that's what I didn't love about it is, is people like not really understanding where they should be at the start. And then the women run down these age groupers immediately and they're just like in the way. So if men and women started together, I think that'd be, that'd be a, a nice compromise. But dude, at that Midwest race that you went to, both Saturday and Sunday, there's three. There three i know you show up podium you should you get 100 bucks for just showing up at a race i don't know no the answer is no, no. <laughs> what? you just well hopefully they have some sort of compromise and i think it'd be cool if they set up like paid races and non-paid races or it's like nashville it's has like, paid. it gets people it gets people like okay i'm not a professional athlete but it gives me something to strive for, like these regional races that you do make money. It's like, okay, like 
I'm not always going to get a top five finish at a U.S. National Series driving, flying all the way up to nowhere, middle Big Bear, California. Um, but I can make a little profit for myself at these regional ones. It's nice. Very it's, nice. And it's not necessary, I don't think. Uh, Just I think it is. <laughs> we'll see. So what was your what was your best accomplishment this year? When you look back on this year, what are you going to be like the happiest happiest about? Obviously, just coming back, um, having some kind of like just building a lot of mental toughness this year. And even though there wasn't a lot of people there, I'm really happy about my national performance. Um, I really am. Like I raced really well, even like on day two where my stomach. That's the most my stomach ever hurt during a race. Like I just wanted to quit the whole time. And Jason West was like on my tail the entire time and still just able to just gut it out and finish like just 20 seconds ahead of him. Like that was a good weekend and Atlanta race weekend, even though I lost to Alvaro, super Alvaro, fast. Alvaro, Alvaro, super fast. One of the fastest people I've ever seen. Um, but the but I think I raced like I looked down at my watch a couple of times in the super four miles in and I'm going sub 530 pace on on a Spartan course like that was, was like okay that's this is a good race for me Alvaro is just fast he's fast dude. um way faster than me um and like he like he passed me I yeah, four and a half miles it was the Olympus and it probably took him 30 seconds to get across Olympus or it took me like seven and I passed him and I probably had like a seven second lead and then before I knew it he passed me again I was like gosh am I just like that slow and then when he passed me, I looked at my watch. I was going 520 pace. So I was like, He's yeah, just that fast. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't really do anything about that. Right. So like that race weekend was awesome. Um, like my last two race weekends of the year, like that's when I finally felt like the race shape coming back Nice. and um, racing well. So yeah, that's what I'm definitely, um, and the deck of fit in Jacksonville running a very solid time. I thought um, not really knowing what I'm doing. That, that felt really good as well. So where do you go from here? What's, what, what do you have to do for next year? Um, right now, I'm in uh, easy mode, uh, kind of just chilling. I hurt my back trying to get prepared for OCR stars um, at deadlift. You can't accelerate your training without <laughs> going through the little thing. It's true. Um, so You've I'm, learned. I hurt my back. Yeah, hurt my back, so just trying to get make sure that's all good to go, um, which I've been pain-free this last week with it, which is nice. good. Um, so, yeah, just kind of like chilling on my run, and then as soon as December hits, it's kind of like full stream ahead for Jacksonville again. It's time for some redemption. I'm going to be doing Decafit in early January in Austin, but Decafit nice. and, then high, and then the High Rock doubles with Morgan Schultz, those are not like big goal races. It is just, it is Jacksonville. Um, I want to go back in there with a mindset where I want to compete, but also just have a ton of fun. And um, yeah, so like as soon as December hits, it's no more, no more going out on the weekends, no more anything. It's straight, all focused on it for Jack. And as long as you can kind of keep that mindset, like you said, it doesn't end up being all weighty like it was last year and it's still fun. <laughs> I think you'll be, I think you'll crush Oh, It'd be yeah. nice to get back yeah, on that course. Yeah, I that would be fifth time racing it, fourth that course, and that's the most I've ever raced a course before. <laughs> so, do we know if it's a sprint? I race there? Um, I don't know because I raced there in 2018 too. Oh, really? When it wasn't a U.S. National Series, I just went down there with my friend and I raced it. Um, so I've been there a lot. Yeah, sprint again. I don't care. It could be a super. It could be a beast. I don't care. Throw a beast in there. Just all, a beast, care. a swamp beast. Yeah, because yeah. Saturday is just like depends on the day, like the Saturday versus sun, uh, sprint versus super, mm-hmm. Saturday versus Sunday, um, which doesn't really matter either. Just I guess it kind of matters on what to prepare for. But I didn't hate the super course. I thought I think that's decent yeah. down there. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. I mean, this year, tumultuous up and down. It's crazy that, that all happened in one year. You know, that it really is. That it was less than a year when you got the diagnosis and you're kind of figuring out what you're going to do with your life. 
and that you were able to kind of come back and still race and still race well, come away with eight podiums, a couple of wins here or there, and just to have the confidence to know you're, you, you can do it. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, like, like I look back, like, in March, it's just like when I've weighed 145 pounds and I usually weigh, like, 180. It's just, so it's just a crazy year, like, how that, how everything happened. I, and I told, like, we talked in mid-June, we did that podcast. I was like, this is the official halfway mark of the year, like, June 15th. And I said, I have the rest of the year to make it the best year of my life. And I think I kind of did that. Um, look back, it's like, I, it was, it really sucks that I have, I have the disease, but like, it's awesome how I've been able just to learn so much about myself. Yeah. That I wouldn't have unless I went through something shitty. A lot of accelerated learning this year and you've handled it coming out the other side. So next year can only be better. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we can go under sub 30. We got, so, so I don't know if Ryan can listen to this podcast, but I don't like him do, being from the peanut gallery saying, I hold, hold it down boys. till I get there. You, you guys got to run sub 30. It's like, all right. It was turf, yeah. bro. Turf out here. Yeah. Like, I know you work for UPS and you go to the Spartan game. Brian Kidd, I love you too. If anybody ever hears this, like, he's the first person I ever looked at the Spartan, but race us. <laughs> I wonder if it'll be at all. I mean, because it's, it's the weekend before High Rocks uh, North American Championship. Um, yeah. Which is bad timing for Austin. And there's one, but there's one in Denver in March. Mm hmm. Which I'm definitely not doing. <laughs> I'm no, not going. Are going out there? No. Why would I do that for? I'll do it. I don't do care. It. Do it. Go after it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I probably won't do that. I won't do that one. If you're but, inside and racing at altitude, is it, the, is it still? Okay. Yeah. It is? Like, it will still, still suck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Science. Okay. Yeah. Not the air. I want to make sure. I don't yeah. know. Hey, it's worth the question, but uh, you you'd uh-huh. see how it could, but I'm pretty sure it's still going to suck. Um, okay. Well, cool, man. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you at Jacksonville, enjoying this down, enjoy the downtime, enjoy the build up. but Jacksonville is the next place we're going to see it, dude. So again, this year has been crazy. Lots of, lots to take away from it. And you'll, you'll never forget this year for sure. No, 25, 25 hit me like a rock. <laughs> you aged exponentially. 25, really 25 good. on 35. All right, buddy. Well, right. let's sign off. I'll link to your socials. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you.